As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, my name's Tim Sylvie, and today I'm delighted to be joined by one of Britain's best racing drivers who's pounding the tracks in the British Touring Car Championship, one of the most loved racing series on the planet. Jake Hill has made his way from Ginetta's through Porsche Carrera Cup, British GTs, and into the brilliant BTCC. He's signed to Mark Blundell's MB Motorsport Stable, and rumour has it, he's a huge scale electrics, RC car, and Lego car enthusiast and collector, so we'll definitely be talking about that. We're here to share his thoughts, news, views, and opinions. Jake, a very warm welcome to the Motormouth podcast. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Absolute pleasure. Now, it looks like for our um, audio-only viewers that you're in the eaves of of, uh, of a house. You look like you're in the attic. Where are you joining us from today? Yeah, I am. I'm from uh, from my home in Kent. And yeah, my, my attic room is uh, full of lots of uh, cool RC and Scallop Street stuff. So yeah, you are right in uh, the fact that I love I love all of those things. So yeah, I'm just at home today, but yeah, it's a pretty cool little attic room. It looks good. Now take us all the way back. Um, Early life, you were born on the 22nd of February, 1994, showing the same birthday as a certain Nicky Lauda. Your dad was into motorsport. um, So I guess there was really no escape. Was it always on the cards that racing would be your future? Um, I mean, not necessarily, but it was... (laughs) It was definitely a good push towards it, I think. Um, yeah, you know, dad dad raced a lot um, when I was growing up doing Formula Fords. I, I think when I was 12 days old, I was at Brands um, and dad was racing Formula Ford Festival there. Um, I can't remember exactly what race meeting it was, obviously, as I was 12, but uh, 12 days old. But um, yeah, you know, I've been, I've been at a circuit my whole life, pretty much. Um, and yeah, it was. Um, it just becomes a drug, I think, to anyone who's sort of around it and involved in any way. You know, you do get hooked, and um, yeah, it's, um, it's it's awesome. I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, it, it's been such a. I've had such a great life so far. I'm very very lucky, and yeah, I get to do get to do what I love on yeah, a regular basis. So. Absolutely, and and in those early years, um, a friend of ours, a guy actually I used to manage, Max Chilton, he was one of the people yeah. you were racing with. Um, and against um, back then, were there any other names that we might be familiar with who you were racing with in the in the early days? Oh, do you know? So this is when I was so I was about eight, and I did I only did a few rounds of cadets at this point, and Max was a few years older than me. Um, and you know, we we were we were racing against each other. So Max was about the only one that I can remember that's gone on from that sort of period. That I I, I can't really remember that many people. But when I went. 
I, so I skipped a lot of karting. So that was eight years old. And yes, I was teammates with Max Chilton, which is really, really cool. And me and Max are still, you know, we're still friends today. Whenever we see each other, we stop and have a good chat. And it's yeah. really nice. You know, it's nice to still be, still be mates with him. But um, yeah, I didn't, I stopped karting then after that, we ran out of money. And I started again when I was 13, I think. And um, that was when I was doing Mini Max. So it was, um, you know, Rotax at that point. And and there was a few good drivers um, that I still race against or, or race with a long way through my car period today. You know, um, Tom Ingram, um, Jody Fanning, Bobby Thompson, you know, all these people that I'm still sort of around now, um, I race with them. So I can remember a lot more about that point, yeah. but not so much the cadets because I think it was just a bit, you know, I was, I was still so young and I can't really remember. Yeah. I'm sure there were some fantastic people. And and at that time, um, as you mentioned, you had to stop for a little bit, presumably because of funding. You know, motorsport is, is notoriously expensive um, now, probably even more so than it ever has been. How were you funding the racing at this point? Is it is it just, you know, you and your dad finding a way and, and just getting through the best way that you can? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, I, obviously, I don't really know exactly how we did it when I was sort of eight, you know, when we did it. But I mean... The good thing was, is the team that me and Max drove for was called Scholatech. Um, and that was run by um, a guy called Mark Marchant, who was one of my dad's best friends. So he did a bit of a deal for us and obviously helped us um, get underway that way. But then he moved to America, the team shut down and there was no way we could do it. So that's what happened then. And then uh, how, it, how it all got started again is a bit of a unique story because Dad started commentating for ITV and the British Touring Car Championship, and he did all the support races. And I was about 10, 11 at this point. So a few years after me racing cadets. And obviously, I wanted to go along and um, uh, and, and just, yeah, go watch touring cars for a weekend whilst Dad was commentating. It seemed like a cool thing to do. And obviously, Dad didn't want me in the commentary box 24-7 with him. So he got me a job, £60 a week, and it was. <laughs> and I was working for uh, Redline Racing, the Carrera Cup team. Obviously, probably one of the best. Them and Parker are probably the two best teams, um, obviously, in the Carrera Cup package for that whole the whole time that there's been Carrera Cup UK, pretty much. So, really good team. And, um, yeah, I uh, I became such good friends with the lads. And I was just a wheel washer and car clean, and that's it. But it's £60 a weekend. You're 12 years yeah. old. That's mega, you yeah. know. How good's that? And um, so what happened is, obviously, there's quite a lot of gentlemen drivers that do the, the AM series within Carrera Cup. Became really good friends with everyone, um, including people like Maxi Jazz, Faithless, who obviously passed away, uh, unfortunately, not that long ago. So, you know, I remember growing up with Maxi a lot and um, he taught me a lot of the wonders of the world uh, and many others, Nigel Rice. And they they all, um, basically what happened was then Jeanetta Juniors came onto the touring car package. And um, they all knew how much I really wanted to go racing again. And um, basically, they between them, they they got a little pot and they uh, put enough in for me to do the Jeanette Junior Winter Series in 2008. And, um, and yeah, we got a podium straight away. And then that sort of snowballed it all back into effect, wow. really. So I was down and out. That was it. We weren't going racing ever again. And um, it was only because I was around all those people who maybe had a little bit of spare money. Uh, and, you know, Maxi Faithless, he sponsored me when I was doing Jeanette Juniors as well. And, you know, it's amazing. And it, if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. That's incredible. So, so you were sponsored by Faithless. That's the cool. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be the coolest sponsorship of all time. But did they get anything back for their money? Like, were you, were you giving them access to races or was it literally just like 
you know, a bunch of guys wanting to help out a young driver? Um, it was pretty much just wanting to help. I mean, for, for Maxi, he sponsored me for a couple of hours because he was promoting his new tour that he was doing in the UK, well, obviously, with Faithless. You know, that's his, obviously his trademark. Um, and, yeah, so he was promoting his tour. So he sponsored me for a few rounds in 2010, so a couple of years after we started Juniors. And, um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. So we got that back. We had Maxi down the side, watch Faithless at O2 or whatever it was, which was pretty cool. Um, and the other the other guys, you know, it's just a sticker on the car and just a, a massive like, yeah, good luck, Jake, get on with it, you know, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's it's a pr- pretty different story compared to others. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got of we have a lot of young listeners, many of whom are racing drivers or carters or you know people trying to make their way in the sport. With your experience that you've gained doing things like that, what, what advice can you pass on to, to those people who are trying to find a way but don't have bottomless pits of cash? Is there like a formula that they should follow to try and make sure that they get through? I mean, I, I get asked this question a lot. Um, it's probably the hardest question to answer because, that no, there isn't a formula that you can just follow. You know, I think, um, you know, uh, the one thing that's always well is just always be polite always be nice because there's no need to be a dick you know you there's so many kids out there that are unfortunately and so no matter who you're around you know as I was when I was um you know just so young just cleaning wheels washing cars is you know just just be yourself be polite be nice and you just never know you know just get talking to people because you just never know what's going to come from it and it just might happen as it did with me that those one or two people you're talking to, they can change your life without you even realizing. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's what happened. You know I mean? There, there is no other way. Um, and obviously my dad is a huge part of this. He just was relentless in giving up. He just, he just wouldn't, you know, no matter what, what happened, um, you know, if, if we couldn't afford to go racing that weekend, he would always find a way. And it's the same thing just by talking to people, you know, and, and, um, yeah enough people thankfully sort of um took on what he was saying and what i you know and um, the way i was and, and they, they were willing to help and it is just that they were willing to help they didn't really get much back from it to be honest from those early days but they were willing to help and yeah look where we are it's funny isn't it the ignorance of youth like you're, you're wandering around a paddock at 12 years old basically networking and you probably had no idea that you were doing it um yeah you know, people just thought this is a this is a good kid and he he needs a break and he's obviously got talent um but it's amazing what talking to people can do I'm, i love networking i'm a big networker i do it all the time and it's I, I definitely wouldn't have made any of the inroads that i have without just talking to people i think you're totally right before we get into it a really quick message this show has grown into something far bigger than we ever imagined. It's been a huge honor to chat with F1 world champions like Nico Rosberg, legends like Mario Andretti, Jody Schechter, and Gerhard Berger. People right at the top of the sport like the brilliant Gunter Steiner and current stars like Alex Albon, Lucas Degrassi, and Tatiana Calderon. It really is a privilege. But without you, we wouldn't be able to continue. And without sponsors, we couldn't bring you the stories from the inner workings of the sport we all love. With that in mind, I'm over the moon to have F1 Experiences back with us to support the show for season 13. It's really important to us that we align with brands that are relevant and can add value to you. 
F1 Experiences is the official experience, hospitality, and travel program of Formula One, and it's the closest thing you can get to the pinnacle of motorsport. You can book with them today. With F1 Experiences' official ticket packages coming direct from Formula One, you can get unique access that simply isn't available anywhere else. For more information on how you can book your F1 Experience, visit f1experiences.com, where you can also save 5% on your very own F1 Experience package by using the code MM podcast when checking out online good things come to those who listen to the motormouth podcast don't say we don't treat you well um, you back, back to your timeline you you went into genetics and did pretty immediately you you were on it was it at this point that you started thinking actually this could be a, a genuine career path for me or or was there an alternative like what what, what was the fallback was there one not really i mean during school time i'm, I'm... I'm pretty uh, bad at school. I'm just pretty dyslexic. So uh, for me, school was very hard. But what we did do is uh, school school did a thing where we could effectively um, leave school a little bit earlier. So I was like 14 when we started. And they put us into college early. So I did motorsport engineering instead. And so that was my fallback. I'm, I'm pretty, I like to think I'm okay at, mecha- at mechanic and stuff. And um, I know my way around, that's for sure. And um, yeah, so my, my fallback was really probably race mechanics was going to be my my fullback so I, I still I wanted to be involved in motorsport no matter what and my mum was like no you're not just going racing you know you've got to have a fullback so I'm glad she did and I've learned a lot of things from it I think that's made me a better racing driver anyway yeah. because you learn you know a lot more about a car and, and the way things work so that's definitely going to help so got mum to thank for that one um so that was the fullback but no I mean when we started juniors in 09 really again we only did half the season due to budget but um when we came back in 2010 it was a new car the g40 the car that's still in operation today in yeah. the Jeanette junior series and yeah we smashed it really we didn't win the championship but god we, we were yeah i was quick um and i just loved it you know i think i think it was the most fun time in my racing career just because i think at that age when you're 15 16 you don't realize the pressures you don't maybe don't feel the pressures because you don't realize they're there yeah. you know you're a kid you're a kid still you don't realize what's going on and i still coach a lot of genetic junior drivers today and you can see it the same way i thought it. You, you don't know you you know you just you're going you're going racing for a weekend and, and that's it you don't realize what it could sort of lead to i mean obviously i knew what i would love to end up doing but you don't realize then in the moment the stresses and the strains that yeah. you would not a normal adult would feel if they're at that level that was a uh... As you say, that was a fun period of your career. This is sort of 2010-ish and you're dominating, getting loads of poles and podiums and winning races all the time. And then you get the BRDC Rising Stars program, yeah. which um, which is a great thing. Many um, top drivers have been through that program. It, you must have really fond memories from those times. And and just tell us a little bit about what the Rising Stars program did for you and what it, what it continues to do for racing drivers today. Yeah, they were, they were the best times for sure. And I think... I think I was, it was quite unique, really. I got the um, BRDC invite halfway through a series, which is almost unheard of, I think. Um, I don't know whether they, I don't know what happened, it, where, why that space opened up, but it did. And uh, yeah, we, I got it halfway through the year. We're only halfway through the year and, and the BRDC sent a letter and I thought, my God, and my dad looked at it and went, hey, are you for real? That's amazing. You know, because again, you know, when you're 16, you don't necessarily know what the, know who or what the BRDC is. And it's not until you go for the interview and you're looking around the big clubhouse and think, bloody hell, this is this is the 
the motorsport club in the world. You know, it is the pinnacle, absolute top of the tree. And to be on their Rise of Stars programme makes you realise how much other people think of you yeah. and how much they think you are you are potentially a good racing driver in the making. So that was extremely special. And you do a lot of growing up when you're, um, when you're invited to something like that and you're a part of that scheme. It makes you realise that... Oh, no, you best pinch yourself really because this yeah. is starting to get a bit real. Um, that you know you're starting to get traction from other other people, and yeah, you're moving in the right direction. So yeah, it's a very special time to be invited to to the BRDC Rising Stars scheme, and obviously then onwards and upwards. And you know, I'm I'm just about to finish my Superstar scheme, so I've been yeah. on it for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, part of the furniture. Um, yeah. And um, at this point, so you're in you're in Genetta's. Um, which is a completely bonkers racing series. Like if anyone's never been to a, uh, to watch Ginetta's live, they should definitely go because it, it's crazy. Isn't it? I mean, there's bonnets flying all over the place, there's cars spinning <laughs> off. It's absolutely chaotic racing, but really, really good fun. Um, now, um, at this point, you're obviously in a tin top. You're heading down that route. But was there was there an alternative? Was was something like Formula One ever on the cards, or was that not really your bag? So it, it just came down to budget, simple as that. Yeah. You know, I mean, tin tops was way more affordable. Um, we're only just scraping by with with doing tin tops. And juniors, obviously, is the lowest form financially of, of top-line motorsport you can do. And But yes, I did. I had a sponsor of mine, uh, Tim, still a good friend to this day, and he paid for me to do a Formula Renault test with Manor. So I was teammates with Jordan King and Alice Powell on this test day, uh, which was pretty cool. It was at Brands. It had just snowed. So it was pretty cold. It was in January. I'm pretty sure it was in January or December. And uh, yeah, but I loved it, you know, and I was only, I'd never driven a single seat. I'd come straight out of juniors. It was the end of 2010. And I was only a couple of tenths off of, off of Alice and Jordan. Alice was very good at that, at that stage um, in her career in, in Formula Renault stuff. I remember she won, didn't she? She won the Bart mm, Championship. Yeah. So she was at the pinnacle really of her, well, I'd say at that time of her single seated career. So it was good. It was, it was a great place to be. And, yeah, I did a test with them and I loved it. I absolutely loved it and I really did want to do it so bad, but I just couldn't, you know, even falling around at that time, I think it was 200 grand. So yeah, it was like over 100, well, 100 over 100 grand more than than juniors and yeah. we were going into G50s, which was not much more than juniors really. So yeah, it just wasn't possible. Um, but there was definitely a time when I uh, I would have loved to have done it. You know, I, I definitely have fond, um, you know, memories of it i really want to do some single seater stuff i think my best chance of doing single seater stuff now is actually racing historic f1 probably is yeah it's probably yeah, probably my um my closest thing to it i do so much historic stuff and i think that maybe some point there'll be the chance to race some historic f1 stuff so we'll see i don't think my single seater career is over but definitely for a professional point of view it is <laughs> so you've driven f1 cars I drove my first F1 car uh, this year at the members meeting in Goodwood. I drove a Footwork, 93 Footwork, wow. which was pretty cool. Was it amazing? Yeah, awesome. So scary because the tyres are five years old and it had just been rolled out of storage and just sort of like, oh, let's just give it a go. So we didn't have time to put tyres on it, so it was terrible, but... Um, amazing at the same time loved it well you'll have to come if you're around on June the 20th I don't know if you're racing or not I don't think there's a there's a race that weekend but we've got our okay. car, our karting event and this time um, a friend of the show Simon Turner I don't know if you know him he's yeah uh, I know, I know, you know Simon, Simon yeah. so yeah, he's yeah. hopefully going to help us out with um, historic F1 cars so um, yeah. I'm sure he'd be delighted to get you behind the wheel of one of them so you, you should come along if you can 
Yeah, we, it was actually through Simon that we drove the footwork. So oh. um, it was Simon was a big part of that to make that happen. A guy called uh, Fred Fatian owns yeah, a yeah. lot of the F1 cars, and Simon's involved with him. So yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, well, de- definitely mark it in your diary. Twentieth um, of June this year, um, and um, hopefully we'll have two or three historics there. So you're welcome to to, to drive one of those. Um, Wicked. So moving ahead to 2013, you made your um, de- your debut in the British Touring Car Championship with Motorbase, taking a win at the Jack Sears Trophy in your very first race, which is no mean feat. Did you expect that to come so easy? No, definitely not. It was a total shock to the system. I mean, yeah, it was, it was just... It was just the best weekend, you know. I mean, that that car, that S two thousand car, was just so special. You know, it really was. And um, it was an S two thousand. Re- yeah, Super two thousand. Still, yeah. The way it worked is um, the Super two thousand cars ran when the NGTC crossover came in in that year. So they had NGTC as the main thing, and the Jack Sears became um, the Super two thousand, which was still quite a lot of cars in it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we we. Motorbase obviously delivered a fantastic car, and the Ford was probably one of the best Super Two Thousand cars, along with the along with the Honda at that point. And yeah. Um, yeah, God knows how we qualified second and just managed to win the first race in my in my very first British touring car race. So it was super special and a moment that will stay with me forever. And your your full first full season was twenty sixteen, right? And yeah, you've pretty much stayed in the championship to this day. As have many other drivers, you look at the likes of Jason Plato, who's been there seemingly since day dot. What What is it about <laughs> yeah. the British Touring Car Championship that appeals to people so much uh, from a driver perspective? Um, the, the competition is ridiculously high. And I think, you know, I've seen so, so, so many good drivers, and very good drivers, come into it and struggle. Yeah. You know, and I think we, no matter who you were, including myself, when you first come into the British Touring Car Championship, especially after my Jack Sears debut, when I came into it properly, I meant, you know, because the Jack Sears debut gave me false hope, didn't it? Because I yeah. went and bloody won on my on my out. Oh, yeah. This is easy. What's everyone worrying about? Maybe I'm just that good. No, I'm definitely not. But, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was a case of that. And you come into it full time, you think, right, we're going to try and get on the podium. And I was with Team Hard, you know, in 2016. And, they're obviously, uh, especially at that point, they're definitely not the best team. Everyone knew they were sort of the budget team, but it was our only way in and Tony offered us a good deal. So we took it and, you know, it was like, right, we're going to make an impact. We're going to change this team around. You know, we're going to be right there. And yeah, I mean, we, we did have a blinding weekend, ironically, at Croft again in my first year where I finished fifth, you know, which was, which was, yeah, extremely high result for the team and, and for myself and had the best battle ever with... Um, Rob Collard in the in the West Surrey BMW and yeah it was uh, it was an amazing weekend but other than that yeah you're you're fighting for top tens at, at best you know and it's then when it kicks you in the nuts and you realise just how hard mm. it actually is um, and it's not just you you know Tom Ingram Josh Cook we're we're all <laughs> struggling just as much as each other you know it's, and we're, we're like to think we're all pretty good at what we do and you just realise how difficult it is um, yeah. Yeah, I think you- Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. 
the nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. You grow up a lot when you're in that championship as a person and as a driver. Um, and I like to think we're, we're probably some of the, you know, some of the best touring car drivers in the world that do it. And I think if you plumped us in another touring car championship, we'd probably do quite well, I'd like to think. Yeah, absolutely. And you're now signed to MB Motorsport, um, Mark Blundell's stable, who have a growing roster of drivers. Um, how important has that relationship been for you? Is, it, is that on the more on the commercial side of things? Um, oh, no. So Mark is now my, my full time manager right. as well so he's take, taken over from dad me and dad still look after our uh, smaller partners uh, that are along for the ride still that we've had for a long long time and me and dad still really enjoy looking after them but mark and his team um they they yeah they get the deal done for me um and obviously with it being his program they you know they source the majority of the sponsorship and so we had rocket this this year or last year sorry now um in 22 and you know that's that's their deal so um it's 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 a lot of everything they they were doing the deal for me they got they got me in the car and you know they were because it's it's their their project if you like they were able to bring the majority of the sponsorship as well which is fantastic so yeah i mean mark to be honest mark and his team have probably saved my career um because after 2018 we're a bit of a dolgen and 2019 um, Sean Hollenby, who ran AMD Tuning at the time, good friend of me and my dad's, especially my dad's, he threw us a lifeline back in the Audi. And it just so happened that I was teammates with Mark Blundell. So, um, and I coached and helped Mark throughout that year because he did, you know, he even he admits he did struggle in touring cars. Yeah. It was a big shock to the system for him, especially front wheel drive. And um, yeah, I, helped, I just helped him. I was just me, you know, as we said at the start, you know, just, just be polite, just be nice. and just be you and you know do do your job you know and I did and he didn't want to do touring, touring cars anymore but he saw what touring cars could bring um and so he started MB Motorsport in conjunction with Sean for two years in in 20 and 21 and then we've gone with West Surrey um in, in 22 and it's it, it really has saved my career and pulled me into a different a different element I think in general um and obviously being in with West Surrey now is yeah the, the 
what, what, what was the missing key to the puzzle, really. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll save that snippet for Mark of uh, you've saved his career. I'm sure that'll be one for the testimonial books, MB Motorsport. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, you, you mentioned there about front-wheel drive. Um, so I've I've had a go at, um, I did Bedford Autosport, um, a Bedford Autosport day with Max Chilton, actually, a couple of years ago, three or four years ago. And I drove a bunch of rear-wheel drive cars and then got in the the little Clio Cup car, which is fr- uh, front, mm. front-wheel mm. drive. And I, I was decent at the rear-wheel drive cars, anything four-wheel drive. I got in that, and I was useless. I was like, way off the pace. Is it fair to say that there's a bit of an art form to, fr- to front-wheel drive cars, and just because you can drive a rear-wheel drive car doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be quick in a front-wheel drive car? Yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of the, especially the way front-wheel drive touring cars are set up, is they're, they're actually extremely leery. You know, they're, they... They have to make the the back rotate as much as possible to help the front front wheels out. And the way you drive it in terms of coming off the throttle, getting back on the throttle, braking, is very different. And it, it did take a bit of a while well, initially in 2016 to get my head around it because I'd only driven rear-wheel drive stuff at that point. You know, Carrera Cup, big Genettas, all juniors, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it was a bit of an alteration. But then I spent so long in it, it became second nature. And then going back to rear-wheel drive properly this year, um, I, the, the reverse back was quite easy, back to rear-wheel drive. But, the, yeah, it did take me a while to get used to front-wheel drive stuff for sure. And I think there is an art form to it. And, uh, but ultimately, the car control is what will save you. If, you. if you've got good car control in a front-wheel drive stuff, then that yeah, will save you because you can live with it being oversteery and lively at the rear. And you will be fast. Yeah. Simple as that. You yeah. can you can live with it. Um, it's the people that struggle with that initial slide on the way in. They're like, "Whoa, don't like that," you know. And that's that's where the speed comes from. Unfortunately, is having that trust in the rear of the car. Yeah. And we mentioned drivers tend to stay in the British Touring Car Championship for a long time. <clears throat> is this it for you for the foreseeable? I mean, have you got any long term aspirations to jump into anything else? You know, could you go into something like a Formula E or? You know, I don't know, something in the States perhaps or, or some, some endurance racing? Yeah, touring cars is definitely not my uh, my resting place. Yeah, I love it and I don't want to leave until I've done the, uh, until, I've, until I've managed to win it, which would be which would be really nice. If I could win it next year, then I'd be a very complete person. Um, I've still not won a championship, which I'm terribly disappointed in. So um it would be really nice to to win that and then and then i'm happy you know i mean either a deal will come up where i can stay um that's that's good enough for me to stay i should you know i should say um you know that either that will happen or i'm I'm then happy to move on to something else and my ultimate dream is to do le mans um that is the ultimate dream is to definitely do le mans and and do it well um either in a p2 or a or a big g you know a, a top end gt car for sure um that is the goal but um there's lots of other stuff i'm interested in i'm I'm pretty open to everything i mean as i said before i do so much historic stuff and i just love driving racing cars simple as that you know i'm just a massive racing fan more than anything and you know just driving all these cool cars is is amazing you know i absolutely love it so yeah i've driven lots of older prototypes and um gt cars now and again lots of historic stuff and you know you do have that itch to scratch with other things touring cars is great but there's other cars that are far better racing cars than a than a touring car you know ultimately it's just a road car converted 
ultimately a uh, very much converted road car, but that's what it's based off of, yeah. you know, to drive a proper prototype or or whatever. Even a Formula E car now is pretty good. You know, there, there's so many cool stuff out there. And yeah, I definitely want to um, want to itch, itch that scratch, really. A very quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsors at F1 Experiences. F1 Experiences offer a wide range of packages that come direct from Formula One, giving you a unique experience of the pinnacle of motorsport. Official ticket packages come with the very best race tickets, first-class hotels and transfers, and unprecedented access, including driver appearances, private pit lane walks, behind-the-scenes tours of the illustrious F1 paddock, team garages, the famous podium, and loads more. It's the closest you can get to Formula One. And thanks to F1 Experiences, Motormouth listeners can get 5% off your next F1 Experiences package by using the code MMPODCAST when booking online at f1experiences.com. Who's the best you've ever raced against? Oh, that's a good one. Um... I don't know. I mean, I think in the modern stuff, the best person I've probably ever raced against. I think the person who almost gives me as good as I give them, and I think we both know it but not said it to each other, is probably Ashley Sun. Uh, we both don't back down from anything, and I think we give each other an extremely hard time. All you have to do is watch the knock-hill rounds from this year or from last year to figure out exactly what I'm on about. Um, so Ash is probably, uh, he's probably pretty fierce and he, he does give me a good run for my money. And I like to think I'll do the same to him. You know I mean? It's, um, yeah, in, in this current moment, I would say, yeah, Ash is probably the most difficult one to come across. Um, but at the same time, Tom is probably the smartest one. So it's, uh, he's pretty good at working out what he needs to do, where he needs to be. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. But that's just from a touring car world. There's many other fantastic drivers out there, and I'm hopefully I get the chance to meet them as well. Now, um, we can see from behind you, I can see on, on, over your left shoulder, it looks like a collection of boxes of RC cars, and there's some bits over yeah. on the right as well. You, you're into your RC cars and scale tricks and, and all this sort of stuff. Is, is, is this a big passion for you? I presume it is, judging from your background. It is. I love it. You know, I mean, I started cars when i was eight same time i sort of started in cadets initially and yeah it's been a a, a continuing passion uh, of mine you know i've just loved it it actually all died for a number of years the, the passion of rc stuff and then in uh, 2017 my dad got me uh, this as a bit of a surprise he got me my mondeo um wow, front wheel drive tamia kit yeah he got me that as a as a christmas present and that unfortunately reignited the uh, the love for Tam for Tamiya stuff, especially um, just because the artwork's really cool and they do such great kits. And so now um, I'll just give you a quick glimpse. We've got like sixty-five oh my of God. them. And so are they um, they're all built and boxed. Uh, so a lot half of them are still new in the box, um, and the other half are built. So you got those, um, which are pretty cool. Um, and then also, I am a Skeletric ambassador, and they partnered me this year. So I've always loved Skeletric as well. I think we all have. You know, I think anyone who's involved with motorsport must have played with Skeletric at some point or had a set or still has a set. And so um, when the chance arose to be partnered with them this year, well, what, a, what a dream come true that was. And to have your own car, you know, how cool is yeah, that? Yeah, that's amazing. To have it. 
It's so cool. And um, they're going to actually be doing my, my BMW from, from last year as well. So that'll be my third Scale Electric car I've had with my name on the side. Oh, so so um, amazing. Yeah, it's just, it's just so cool. I'm a, I'm a massive kid. You know, I really am. Um, and even, you know, like I say, even though I've got all the, all the Tamiya stuff, we actually uh, still race the RC stuff properly as well. So this one here is my race one with a classic calsonic shell. But yeah, this is um, yeah, it's pretty serious. cool. Yeah. So yeah, this is all carbon, all alloy, and you know people race it. This is a, and it's an actual career for a lot of people, yeah. you know, as well. There's a massive thing for it. So I enjoy racing that uh, on my weekends off as well. And um, yeah, just big kid. Uh, my my eldest son's into RC cars, and he watches it on TV. There's there's a guy on YouTube, I can't remember his name, who um, an English guy, and he's. He does this full time. He just messes around with RC cars. He, he gets millions yeah. and millions of views on his um, yeah. on his YouTube, just trying to break records and stuff, like trying to make an RC car go 200 miles an hour, that sort of thing. It's, yeah. it's amazing. And tinkering with them and shaving bits off the bodywork and changing the, the components. It's, it's good stuff. Um, and the Scalectrics, cool. I got I got my eldest a Scalectric set for Christmas. It's not changed a no, bit. Yeah. It's not, I mean, you could no. probably pick up a Scalectrics car from the 1980s and plonk it onto a track now, and it would still work. Like it's still got the little brushes and everything underneath. That's it. Yeah, it's exactly the same. We did we did it. We went round to um, to um, uh, Hannah, my fiance. We went round to her parents' house for Christmas Day and Boxing Day, and her brother, you know, he's what 32, so he's he's five years older than me or so, and. Um, you know, he's got he's got he's got stuff from way before I had Scarlet Strick. And yeah, he just got his cars out the loft and plonked them straight on my track and boom, we're away, yeah. you know, and that's it. So it is cool. Um but yeah, I I do, I love the brand. Um it's nice to you know, it's nice to have a partner, a sponsor that you know, you, you do actually generally care so much about. And um yeah, it's it's a real real cool tie up we got there. Yeah. There's definitely a uh a piece a content video there with painting <laughs> painting little slots along a racetrack that you have to follow or something I can, follow it's all there is it's, it's, it's there i can see it um <laughs> now you're obviously a very quick racing driver um you, we, we've talked about your your hobbies but what what are you good at outside of racing are there any hidden talents that people don't know about um not particularly i, I enjoy sports I enjoy skiing. I guess that's just another hobby. We're actually going to go skiing next week, so oh, that's nice. cool. But if there's any there's snow, no, there's not. It's, I, I was reading in the news last night that the, the, all the slopes have dried up. There's nothing there. So yeah, some depending on where you go, it's, some of it is not not ideal. Where it needs a bit, a bit more of a sprinkle before yeah. we go. But um, yeah, I mean, no, not really. There's there's not really any hidden talents. Like I say, I'm just yeah, a big kid and enjoy playing with RC stuff, and that's about it, really. I mean, there's no, there's not any. Hidden talents, yeah, just enjoy messing around with cars, and that's it. And there's nothing more to me. What are you used to say? Like, if we were talking to your fiance and we said, "What, what is, uh, what's Jake terrible at?" What would you say? Oh, I mean, we've been doing our house up, and that's just been a complete pain in the ass. So I'd say that she's probably sound pretty terrible at that. Yeah, she's done. Uh, she's she's a pretty good grafter. She's done a lot of it, and I've just done the bits that I have to do, <laughs> basically. But. Um, so maybe, maybe that side of stuff, DIY, not that great at. But at the same time, you know, like I say, I'm good at mechanical stuff and, you know, I enjoy. I've got an R32 Skyline that I've got as a road car as well. And um, that's just my my uh, fun piece, if you like. And, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm pretty good with that and sorting that out. But, yeah, not so much the house. Now, it's before we come on to our final three and we let you get on with your day, it's always quite interesting to to probe a little bit on 
the the points of your career that haven't been good, those low points, and that you've managed to drag yourself through. Can you does a, a sort of low point in your racing career come to mind, and how did you get through it? Yeah, I think the worst point was 2018. Um, driving for Team Hard, and we got to the halfway point, which was Crofts, pretty much always Crofts, round five. And there's been a number of things that just went on. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but it's um, it was pretty terrible. And I remember going up to Croft, and was, Dad was driving up, and we went up together, and yeah, I was just looking out the window, thinking, oh, I don't want to fucking do this at all. I do not want to go racing. I'm just so done with it. So done with the team. So done with just all of that side of things with money issues as well at the time. And just done with it. And you can see as well, like for dad, you know, the stress on him was just outrageous. And I just don't do this anymore. Don't want to do it to him. Don't want to do it to me. Car's shit. Don't want to drive it. You know, not gaining anything out of it other than just having bad weekends and damaging my reputation even more. So I just don't want to do it. Simple as that. And, yeah, I think we got we did we did the race weekend, had another absolutely awful one, and I said that's it, done, I'm not doing it. Either if I never race a car again, that's fine as long as I don't have to jump in that one. You know, so that was the point where, yeah, it was at the lowest, and we'd worked so hard, and you know, to keep sponsors as anyone knows in motorsport nowadays is extremely hard, and you know, we lost probably half our sponsors because of it, because you know we we quit halfway through the season and the other half are still with us today. So, so that's a positive, you know, and how we got through it was, to be honest, it was probably Sean Hollenby had the, had one of the biggest parts to play in it because, you know, he did, he threw us that lifeline in 2019 and he, he was extremely nice for the rest of that 2018 season. He actually, okay, we had to give him a bit, but he offered to put all of my existing sponsors on their car. So he had two uh, MGs at the time. And so we could still interact and 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 get keep the sponsors that we had along for those remaining few rounds. And and so Sean Sean was incredibly helpful and incredibly good at that. And you know I I do owe him an awful lot. Um, but yeah, so that that's that's how we got through it, you know. But we just I just knew that if I carried on with them, something bad was going to happen. You know, it was just awful. So um, yeah, it's. It was. It really was a bad, a bad stage in our life for sure. And, and just getting through it was a nightmare. But we did. We pulled through it, and you know, kept the head up high. Um, okay, we lost a few along the way, but Sean helped us through, and and obviously we signed for him in 2019. And from that moment on, I just started enjoying it again. It's funny, isn't it? You've got to go through these lows, and and so many racing drivers do. And and thankfully, you've not had very many of them um, in in your career so far. And you're still young. I mean, it feels like you've been around forever, but you've still got a lot of a lot I don't, of racing. I don't feel so young. <laughs> You, you do, you're doing well. I'm, I mean, I'm 42 in a, in a couple of weeks. It's, it's the most depressing thing on the planet. Um, but um, no, fair play for you for getting through that. Um, and it's funny, Sean's name crops up a lot um, in the people that we speak to who are in British racing. He seems to have been there for a lot of people over the years. So um, kudos to him. Um, now, our final three quickfire questions, um, which are brought to us by our sponsors at F1 Experiences. And don't forget, listeners, you can get your Motormouth discount at f1experiences.com. Type in MM podcast um, when you check out and you'll get 5% off your next package. Um, the first one for you, Jake, what's got you excited at this very moment? What's going to be at this moment? Um, 
just the, the, the thought of the new season. I'm, I'm really excited for it. You know, everything's in place. We're back with West Surrey, back with BMW, back with MB. Um, just, I'm just so revved up for it. I'm really, really up for it. So, yeah, I'm just excited for that, to be honest. That's going to be really cool. And, um, yeah, just get the season underway. Brilliant. Um, give me a percentage of um, how much of your success do you put down to luck and right place, right time, and how much down to sheer hard work? 70% sheer hard work and 30% pure luck. I think I think that's I think, fair. Yeah. I think just because we we scrapped our arse off to get to where we got to in say 2019 and then it's pure luck that we were with MV yeah. teammates with MV that year and that is then what's brought me to where I am now. So I think if you take it by percentages of, of my career as, as the amount of years, then that probably works out about 70, 30 plus. I think the amount of effort we put in it probably compensates for, for some of that as well. So yeah, I, I would, I would say that I'd say 70, 30. Um, final one for you. What are you scared of? Spiders. Hate them. Um, <laughs> he says from, and, from an attic that you must be, yeah. <laughs> there must be all over the place in there. <laughs> They're actually not to be fair, but, um, scared of not fulfilling the rest of the goals I have you know just scared about not potentially winning this championship at some point and you know there's there's still so many other things I want to race as you know um and I'd, I'd love to just get the chance to even just race a couple of them you know and, and yeah. do just a couple of those things you know I'd, I'd hate to retire and just yeah be disappointed and upset if I didn't get to do even half the stuff that I, maybe I could but at the same time yeah there's goals that would need to be achieved before we do those things well Jake thank you so much for joining us it's been a pleasure talking to you and um, when we spoke to MB Partners about getting you on the show um, not only them but also racing driver friends of mine who I spoke to and said that you're coming on everybody bar none speaks incredibly highly of you as an individual and you as a talent so um, you're obviously doing a lot of things right so um, long may it continue um, I'm sure we'll see you in a paddock soon. But for now, Jake, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Tim. It's been a pleasure. Before you go, one final reminder to check out F1 Experiences, the official experience, hospitality and travel program of Formula One. F1 Experiences is the closest you can get to the sport. Official ticket packages, which include the best race tickets, first class hotels, travel and exclusive behind the scenes access across a Grand Prix weekend. F1 Experiences offer packages like no other. So to book your F1 Experiences package, head online to f1experiences.com and if you enter the code MMPODCAST, you'll get 5% off as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth Podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore, Instagram at Motormouth underscore official and Facebook, just search Motormouth. You can also download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. We're also proud to be supporting the Brain Tumor Charity too, so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumors quicker don't forget to like subscribe and review and until next time you've been listening to the motormouth podcast